0: Shelf Pleasure contains strong language and descriptions of sexual acts and violence. It is intended for mature audiences, and listener discretion is advised. Additional themes may be
1: discussed that listeners find triggering, and we encourage all listeners to check the episode descriptions for content warnings to decide if this podcast is right for you.
0: Welcome back book babes you are tuned in to shelf pleasure a podcast about books where people smush special parts with aliens and monsters and demons and witches anything
1: if you've got special parts we want to read about them smushing
0: and I guess also other humans. Uh, we are your hosts and maybe very smart mothers, Krista and Kelsey, and this time we are here to talk about fucking horsemen of the apocalypse. Every little girl's dream. Be still my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get too far ahead, however, I do have an editor's note from last episode. We asked the very important question, where do vipers live? Is it a den? Is it a pit? A nest Maybe. A high
1: rise penthouse?
0: <laughs> well, according to Wikipedia, many temperate species of pit vipers congregate in sheltered areas or dens to overwinter, uh, which is basically like hibernation. Um, and the snakes benefit from the combined heat. So I guess they do, in fact, live in dens. And I know. It's a aptly uh, named. It, it was. The and- most research that was done. <laughs>
1: from Vipers.
0: Not from truly an academic source, but it was a basic fact check. So, and I feel like if we're going to fact check something from Jenna Vipers, Wikipedia is the most effort I'm going to put into it. Yeah. Yeah, like a basic Google search is all that really the effort that warrants that. Exactly. So, now that we have that out of the way, let's get into pestilence. Uh, <laughs> I would. This was was my pick. I was very excited. Um, so Pestilence was written by Laura Thalassa, who is the author of the Bargainer series, which we have talked about a little bit, because Rhapsodic was like all over book talk for a while.
1: Oh yeah, is that on our list?
0: It's I. I don't know if the first one. Is spicy. is spicy I think the later ones definitely are but I still have to vet those so I haven't read them yet so rhapsodic readers out there please let me know
1: yeah spill the tea
0: but Pestilence is the first in her Four Horsemen series and it was published in 2018 and I mention this because I think it's important to note that it is a newish book in a new series and it's and it's the first of four so the latest has yeah. have come out I think within the last
1: year yeah so. completed
0: series so exactly if you enjoyed this one great news you can keep going uh,
1: and you could fuck all four horsemen of the
0: apocalypse. And, and you know, mild spoilers, but they get better as you go along. So I uh, I was
1: part Kelsey, of course,
0: immediately <laughs> redhead. I don't know how to like things in a chill way. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> and I, I was really excited about this one because it's an apocalyptic romance. And there have been so many stories, like real life stories about people falling in love in crisis situations like war, natural disasters, and, you know, why not expand that to the end of the entire human race? Yeah, like the apocalypse to end all apocalypses, I guess. Yes. So, we do. And in this case, the universe deems humans are a disease on the planet. And is she wrong? Mm. I don't think so. No, So she I don't sends, either. So, she sends down her four horsemen to act as judges of humanity and just, like, eradicate them. It's like a yep. fever... Just wipe them out. Yeah, exactly. It's like a fever for the planet. So these guys just drop out of the ether and cause a cataclysmic loss of technology. And then they just scatter literally to the four winds. They go north, east, south, and west. Spoilers that is where you will find an individual horseman in their respective stories. So Pestilence goes north. And five years later, Pestilence
1: wakes up from his little dirt nap. And starts yeah, walking like, in the earth. they spread out, but then they kind of disappear. Yes, so they're not just like lingering around for five years. They just kind of they they f- hibernate for five years in the earth.
0: Yes, like, a, like apocalyptic bears. And Pestilence wakes up grumpy as shit and starts spreading messianic fever everywhere. And this shit, like.
1: It's Laura messy. Thalesa didn't it's pull any punches messy. with how gross
0: this is. It's like, don't, mark me down for not going through messianic fever. Because once you catch it, you're just gone in a matter of days. There's no cure. There's no way to combat the symptoms. And any town that he passes through catches it. Like, you don't have to be close. You can be quarantining yeah, in your house. In like, it and- the disease spreads. And people get these, like, horrific boils. It's like they're decomposing in the most painful way possible until their bodies finally give out. So it not makes fun. sense. Not sexy. That part of the book was not sexy. No, it's very much the apocalyptic side of the story. Yes. But it makes sense that humans are fighting back against this act of God, right? Yeah, like, it does. I would. I don't want to go that full, way.
1: I am not down. Like not down for that. So I would full pound of flesh. Like I would be like, what the fuck do I need to do? Like. I'm going to roll up and hurt someone.
0: Well, great news. That's what our protagonist does, yes. too. Uh That's how we meet Sarah. She is a Canadian firefighter. And don't you worry. You will not be allowed to forget that she is a firefighter. No, you
1: will not. <laughs> if you forgot that she is a firefighter in this book, then you might have had a stroke during this book, and you should go to the doctor. Yes. Because... It's repeated ad nauseum. Like I almost <laughs> want a chapter. And so she and the remnants of her fire last team. My is Burns. It,
0: it it's, <laughs> she, it's very it's Sarah on the nose. Burns. Yes, who was a firefighter.
1: In case you missed
0: it. Yes. So she and the remnants of her team draw matches to determine who's going to stay behind in town after the town evacuates and try to take down the horsemen and then effectively sacrifice themselves in the process because they're going to catch the fever and die. Yeah. Regardless, even if you take down them, it's it's assumed that you will die. So... Either in trying to kill him or just from the plague itself. Yes. And Sarah draws the burnt match. She's... But she's a first responder... She's ready to take on the risks, and I truly liked this about her personality. I think it would have been easy to be like, "Oh, she's a doctor, a nurse. She has the Hippocratic Oath." Mm-hmm. Like, but I think it was more interesting that in an apocalyptic time, being like something like a first responder would give her additional skills yes. to make her better equipped to deal with the things that she deals with out in the field here. Yeah. And so it I really like like
1: her tolerance for stuff, and yes. some of the things that she'll do in a little bit. It it makes more logical sense. Yeah.
0: So I, I did really like that. That it was it was different for her. Yeah. To be. Same. Um so Pestilence rides into town on his white horse with his golden armor and his golden hair. She's and he's stoic, beautiful. And yes, he's so hot. And Sarah shoots
1: him in the chest with a rifle. Because it's does, ass, she baby. Does, but she does like freeze up for a second. Yes. <laughs> she has like a quick moment because she it's not even though it's Pestilence and he's slaughtering all of humanity with this horrible plague she's still kind of oh i'm a first responder i'm i want to save lives i don't want to take lives even from this horrible being. yeah and also
0: he's like an angelic being so it's you know you're like in the presence of the divine yeah and so i think it's natural like when you behold something like that to be like oh my god but humans are scrappy creatures and she yeah, but fires she does off end around. Up, oh, and to my great dismay, she also shoots the horse.
1: Which yeah, I was, was like, rough. no, well, was number rough. one:
0: like, don't fuck with dogs or cats, but also don't fuck with a horse. Um, but but then uh, she, not only does she...
1: yeah, she shoots horse and then um, checks his body, finds out he's still alive, and then she decides. Even though this, she has a real tough time with, but she fucking burns him alive. That's the part where I was like, "Oh damn, girl! Like,
0: sucks for pestilence. You're not a better shot because now the alternative is douse your body in lighter fluid and set him ablaze. Yeah, like,
1: and he's like, reaching for her. Number two,
0: yeah, he does. He he does ask for mercy a yeah. li- like he the says please please comes back to
1: bite her oh hurting. yeah
0: but it's real bad and Sarah's yeah. real torn up about it even though he's killing all of humanity it's fucking gruesome and like ag- yeah. again don't sign me up for this way either like no I don't not how I want to go no, not uh, at all oof her bad luck isn't at an end, though, because horsemen can't actually die. Surprise! But neither lies. can the horse! Yay! Yay! <laughs> so when Pestilence regenerates or respawns or whatever it, it he does to heal his torched corpse, he is rip shit pissed. Yeah. And he breaks
1: I, into her tent. Yeah, because I think at this point he is. he Basically, he's just still alive. But his he's not fully regenerated. Yeah, he's still so, so he coming just like back, a back burnt to. He's like the mummy. Like yeah, like half bone all of the,
0: and it's it's pretty just gross. The stuff of nightmares. And uh, that's what wakes Sarah up from her tent in the middle of the night, where she's like gone into a very fitful, troubled sleep because she just did something really heinous. Uh, and he's like, "You're coming with me." Yep. Because uh, he's going to set an example. He's going to use her as an example for other humans that might be premeditating his murder and make her suffer. Yes, because humanity is meant to suffer. Is that the quote? It's. I actually I have it marked up here. Cause so her, her punishment is basically the physical pain of being forced to run behind his horse while semi tied up, and then the emotional and psychological pain of watching as all of the humans around her die while she lives on. Because he he said, please, he was begging for mercy and she didn't give him any. So this is, he says, oh, I'm not letting you die too quick. Suffering is made for the living and oh, how I will make you suffer. Which, hot. You know how I feel about suffering, personally.
1: Tell me more, horse boy. I gotta know. I I was not fully sold on the, ooh, make me suffer yet. like I, I feel like all this stuff, I was like, mm, I am not. I'm not team I, wanna no, no, like I want to, earn, to, not, not to bang you No, no. I want sexy suffering, not dislocated shoulders yes. suffering, yes. But he... Not he, actual uh, legit torture suffering. No, no.
0: Um, but he doesn't actually tell her anymore after that because he finds human action, interactions to be vexing, uh, which I guess me too Yeah, for the most part. But Pestilence is just... when When we start off here with him, he's so... Divine, in that he has no real connection to humanity, and he doesn't find anything about it to be redeeming. Like he's no, he's so far removed. He doesn't eat. He doesn't need to sleep. He has a body, but he doesn't have like he doesn't have to like stop and like hang a piss off the side
1: of the road. Hang a piss, but he does. Um, but, you know, what watch I mean?
0: her pee. Yeah,
1: oh yeah, he's a real. She, yeah, he well, he's almost off. clinical.
0: Like yeah. he's like I'm. You know, I I'm guarding you. My note
1: is watches her pee. Did we really need this?
0: <laughs> well, it, he's just so aloof yes, and, and it does awful make sense to her, character-wise. But
1: I was like, mm, "This is a lot,"
0: and she feels really bad for giving him like a horrible death. Um, but, but she was also doing. It. He's like,
1: mm, "I don't buy your bullshit." No, like, no exactly. Way you feel bad. I asked for. I said, "Please ask for mercy." Yes, and you burn me alive. So,
0: but this is what I love: is that two people who are bound by duty are now also bound to each other, mm-hmm. and it's just so messy, it and. Is. And because he's so detached from humanity, like you said, he watches her
1: pee. He also has no idea how to care for a human captive. Oh, my favorite is that when he, she's like, I need food. And he throws her some bread and Worcestershire sauce. (laughs) It's like, and he's like, you eat this. (laughs) Just, that's a lot (laughs) of sodium. Um, Like who, you're not going to drink. I like that she's immediately like, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to take the bread. Yeah, I'm just going to
0: inhale the bread. Yeah. And she, I will also give her credit. She does try to escape and he she she takes a chance one night when they stop at a house and she she like shimmies out the window and starts running and he hunts her down he with his bow and arrow her down
1: i don't know if that's like, the proper Boromir. term i it don't know is, if that's
0: the proper terminology but he arrows her down it's uh it's not great and then he drags her out into the snow to just continue he's like all right well if you can escape you don't need to sleep so let's roll And he almost kills her here, like, very close. Because she's got arrow wounds, and now she's being dragged behind a magical horse that's gallivanting across the snowy Canadian wilderness. Yeah,
1: it's winter. So I was was like, how does she not – even before this, I was like, how did she not have frostbite already? Right. Because even if you're in, like – being a firefighter so it made sense that she is in better shape so she could last longer running behind his horse and stuff like that but the frostbite i'm like i don't think she's really properly winter equipped and he's really not paying attention to that yeah but but yeah she so eventually she does fall dislocates um, her shoulder. Oh, God. Yeah. It's, or it's her arm gross. is dislocated and, cause suffering is for the living. Yeah. And then he just drags her well, behind the horse for a while and everything
0: is terrible. Well, yes. And then he realizes like she's about to die. So he breaks into abandoned or sometimes occupied houses along the way. And the forced proximity in these scenes where they're like spending nights together in these, these like houses, um, Draw out some really, I think, important conversations that I I really liked. The main being Sarah saying she was sorry for how things went down to the with the horseman, mm-hmm. but not that they had to go down. Like she said, I don't regret killing you. I absolutely hated what I did to you, and I'll never be the same because of it. But I don't regret my choices when I made them. Still, I am sorry. And I think that really has to be said in a story like this because how do you set up love interests who are so diametrically opposed in their purpose? Like how do you bring them round? And I think it's Sarah feeling bad that she had to do something that was so horrific, and it shows, like, the humanity that she has while keeping her a really strong lead, who who did what needed to be done for the good of humanity to save the rest of the humans on the planet, and these little touches of humanity where she's, like, not just totally remorseless about the way things happened, yeah, not necessarily that they had to happen, but it starts to like awaken those little like
1: human feelings and pestilence. Yeah, I did. Um He because he patches her up during this. Yes, but he says to her, "Remember my kindness." And I right know is this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, this like, isn't the kind. Audacity
0: it's, of this being—it's that like aloof. That like yeah. I am. Like he's not just—he's not like an angel with the powers. To cause pestilence, like he is the the idea, he's like a force of nature. So he's so detached, and of course he would see that as kindness. Like he's
1: yeah. got, he's oh my, he's such a mess at the beginning. He is, and then there's also I was like uh, I there was another like I need to use the bathroom scene, which again I could do with less of those. Yeah, and but I did really enjoy that he doesn't know what humans eat. That was very amusing to me. I and agree. It really reminded me. For anyone that is a What We Do in the Shadows fan of the TV show, there's like a scene where one of their like human, um, oh, what is it called? They're familiar, Guillermo. They have him in a cage and they're bringing him food, but they don't know what humans eat. So they literally just bring him things of raw chicken <laughs> and yuho. <Yoo-hoo. laughs> and this Ooh, I love yuho! Just Yoo-hoo and raw <laughs> chicken and they're just throwing it <laughs> at him. <laughs> So good.
0: They have these magical beings. They just don't understand what humans need. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, like, I felt like that was amusing without it being like too like oh like straight comedy. Where yeah,
0: it was it. It was like a little levity. Yes. And and I know that was one of your major criticisms of this was, like, the tone shift.
1: Yes. But, but I think
0: these, mo- these moments... These work for were me. ...bring a little bit of lightness without totally undercutting, like, the angst and the drama and the fact that these are, like, really dire straits. Yeah, I, And, like, horrible
1: things are happening. Yes. Because... Uh, you don't need it. I was like, oh, I did prefer the tone when it was angsty, and there was some stuff, like, the writing style in certain phrasing that I didn't love and it, I think it's more coming up yeah where it was almost like very teenager and also it was just it would come off out of nowhere very rom com where yeah. you were dealing with stuff that was so serious and it didn't really flow well together for me where I, it I agree just felt like a really abrupt tonal shift that just really took me out of the book and I had like some visceral reaction where I was like, ooh, I really don't like that. <laughs> and I I feel like the best way to describe it is that I love Zombieland and I love Twenty Eight Days Later. But I don't want to see a combo of those two movies yes. because it wouldn't work. They work so well as like their own separate things and yeah. like they have very different tones, but they're both zombie movies and they're really great movies and in different ways. I think that's a great way to put it. And so
0: these, like, little feelings of humanity start to grow with mm-hmm. pestilence as he continues to infect the residents of the houses that he breaks into. And Sarah— Sarah
1: yeah, is Sarah's, like, caring for them. Yeah, too, she, she insists she on staying. Her and, first like first responder— like, all that training and stuff just automatically is kicking in, and she goes into caregiver mode immediately. Exactly. She's like,
0: even though she's just clawed her way back from the brink of death, she's yeah. like, I'm going to help them cross over by taking away as much pain as possible and, like, mm-hmm. giving them – They're not
1: alone. Like,
0: giving them some dignity. And and Pestilence lets her do this, and I think it's these little moments that add up to the big changes that we see later. And, and like, like you said, the execution was not always great, and there were some – some issues but I think the big ideas that we see out playing here and throughout the rest of the book are really interesting yes and yeah the whole
1: like story idea and the idea behind it I was really into it was very interesting to me and I was interested the whole time in like where it was going and what was going to happen yes and also interesting
0: at their next stop pestilence parades around in the nude a little bit uh (laughs) because apparently angels and forces of nature aren't shy Which I think is a little weird considering his reaction to some other things later, but we'll get to that. But we get to see that he has some very intriguing tattoos all over his body. And you can see them on the cover of the book. They did a great job with the art on I'm looking at it right now. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, so he has this like golden ring of script that goes around his neck, kind of like a really like a boat neck <laughs> necklace, and then <clears throat> he has two that arc over each of his hip bones. And I, I refer to as, them as the sex bones. I was very into the hip tattoos. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even like super into like the blonde love
1: interest. We know but I'm not But the cover either. is really nice, and I actually. His face in the cover doesn't work for me. I pictured him a little different. I don't. It's not a bad face. It's mm-hmm. he's a good-looking dude, and the body is rocking. <laughs> um, but the face, I was like, oh, I pictured it a little different. And it's so a what, little softer. Oh yeah, a little, a little sadder looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So blonde it, it, emo
0: boy. And spoilers, but the, the script is actually his duty etched into his skin in the language of the angels. And I, I do hate that it's just called angelic. Like, I feel like there's so much give it. like, even if we're just borrowing from, like, the like Christian – I don't want to call it mythology because I'm gonna piss people off, but you know what I mean, like the, the Christian <laughs> lore. Um, I mean,
1: we heard my review of priests. I don't give a fuck about pissing I, the
0: Christian people off. I don't know what to call it, you know. But borrow from borrow from that, like realm, because these are these are manifesting yes. as like the horsemen of the apocalypse and like the Abrahamic faiths, but um, the there's so many other cool things we could have called it, but I love the idea that he is so bound to his purpose that's literally written into his skin. Yeah. Like I it just such a cool and again this and is like, like, a like a theme. Glowy gold. Oh yeah, he's they all have a theme. They have a color. I love it. Um, so he's gold. <laughs> and <laughs> it's a color war at school. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, on the gold team. I was on the green team. If anyone's interested, um, I don't have a team.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm my own team. Because, uh, to be fair, I only read this one. So that's why, I, that's more why I don't have a, a team. Uh, no no shade to any of the horsemen. I just feel like it's not fair for me to pick a team because I've only okay, read this that's one. That's good.
0: That's very diplomatic. Uh, you've got to wait, make yes. an assessment after you, you've met all of them.
1: Yeah, I was like, this is not me
0: bullying. <laughs> So, Pestilence starts to learn more about human needs with, like you said, he's patching Sarah up. He's taking care of those wounds that he inflicted. Yeah. And then he starts
1: to feed her more than bread and Worcestershire sauce. Yes. I also appreciate and, that she takes a peek at the goods. And, uh, because also, who wouldn't? Yeah. He's, he's I 100% would.
0: He's putting on a show. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. And he also lets her bathe. Although he stands guard in the bathroom while she does it. But it's not sexual. It's still that, like, clinical, like, that distanced... Like aloofness. For now, yeah. For now, he. But he's like, he's like, oh, I don't want you to run away. And she's like, I'm wet and
1: naked. Like, where am I gonna I'm go? Wet. Like, <laughs> sorry, what? I'm not yet. I'm but unappropiate. Um, I mean, she kind of is because even like before this, she has one quote early on where it's like the first night that they're together, and she makes a comment. Oh, I don't think it's appropriate to hate bang the guy who you tried to kill. At least not on the first night.
0: So she's definitely, like... I mean, she's very physically attracted to him. Yeah, she, like,
1: from the beginning, she's like, but he is hot, though. Oh, yeah. Like, damn, this motherfucker is really torturing me and putting me through it, but he's hot. Yes. Those abs, though.
0: (laughs) Haven't we all been silly just for a set of abs (laughs) (laughs) once or (laughs) twice in our lives? So he is starting to participate in more human things through his rides with Sarah, because post being shot, she now gets to ride... On the horse with him, which she then names Trixie. And I know you loved that. I hated it. So
1: much. (laughs) I hated it. I couldn't even pause for the joke. It, But it actually, it wasn't the initial joke that I hated. It was like, I was like, oh, okay. Although I found this was one of the first big tonal shifts for me that took me out of the book. Like she names it Trixie Skills and has this like goofy background that she makes up for the character. Yes. And it just felt too like goofy and rom com for me in the moment but it wasn't so much the initial joke it was that it carries on through the whole book pardon the pun but literally beating a dead horse yeah. um it, it was just over and over and every time i was like this is just not funny to me I, and it's lame I, yeah. and, and also yeah so she and then also the tonal shift of them they're on the horse together, and she's, like, egging him on, joking around, trying to get him to try hot chocolate. And it just felt like I was like, what book am I reading? Like it felt like I was oh, reading yeah. a totally different book. And I had said, like, the book is weird. Also, it feels like nothing has really happened at this point. No. And then he dumps out the hot chocolate. And uh, – she makes a comment about her aunt's fruitcake tasting like dirty asshole. And these were some of the phrases that I was like, mm, this like just doesn't feel like it fits no. in with the rest of the book. And it doesn't, it just didn't, this part of the book didn't really work for me. I found like some parts of it really did and I found them really effective and I really enjoyed it and others not so much. Um, And some that I actually like, really hated with a fiery passion. So I would say the Trixie skills is on the lower end. I was just fine. I just found it kind of annoying.
0: Yeah. It's I, like you said, it takes you out of like when the writing is the, the serious like angst and, and like a lot of like people having like real moral (laughs) quandaries or like having real like, like questions about like the ethics of what they're doing those I think are the best parts of the book because they are really well written and then you throw in a joke about like a dirty – like fruitcake tasting like a dirty asshole and you're like, this doesn't have to be funny. It, yeah. it would be so good if the comedy elements were left out of it and you just got those little moments of like – like culture clash moments where Pestilence is – he's trying food for the first time. He tries alcohol. Sarah recites Poe and other emo writers to him. And like, of course those would appeal to a horseman. Like yeah. those can
1: be the, the lighter parts of it, but I don't think it has to be like straight comedy. Agreed. I, 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 found the stuff that was angsty and more heavy, like that worked so much better. Yes. And I, I really, some of my favorite parts of them were more of the serious ones. Same. I thought the writing just really shone at those parts. Agreed.
0: Agreed. So, uh, after all of this, Pestilence almost kills Sarah again because he's not quite the mortal caregiver that he needs to be, this time from exposure. And once again, Sarah wakes up in a stranger's home knowing that they are marked for death because they stopped so that he could care for her. So Sarah does what she can and helps helps this family have as peaceful a death as they can after they all contract the fever. And this is the first time that we hear Pestilence say, that he's completing his task, but he doesn't actually like watching the humans die. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. want to stay. And she's like, no, this is my fault. I'm going to do what I can to help them. And he's like, I don't like watching them die. And I, yeah. I did love the actually, fight. I like, no,
1: I think he makes her stay. Oh, does he? Yeah, because so also, wants to. I, because when she gets the hypothermia, also, I was team Sarah because she hates the cold and I also hate the cold <laughs> um, with a fiery passion. But um, she gets hypothermia, and then he takes her to the house with kids, and she's, like, really upset about it. Yeah. Um, but basically passes out, and then she wakes up naked with him, and then re- also remembers about the kids, and she asks him not to kill them, and he, again, refuses, and he says, I am not here to please your every whim. I am here to end the world. Yes. Which is a pretty brutal fucking quote. It, that, these but, are the but, parts that are so yeah, good. Yes, like, it works really well. And then, yeah, he makes her stay, because it's become between them— a thing where every time she says the phrase, please, yes, he immediately is like, oh, that's, it's like his trigger phrase. And he's yes. like, fuck you. I'm making you suffer more. Like suffering is for the living and, or the living is made to suffer. And so he makes her stay in the house for four days and watch this whole family die. And I did, ha- I put for this moment, I was like, I'm having a hard time figuring out how this is going to become a romance. Because to this point, like, the stuff he's put her through is really horrible and it's, traumatic. Yeah, like he wasn't
0: kidding about the suffering. Yeah, it, it's they, pretty rough. And, and she calls him on this when he says, like, I don't like to watch humans die. Mm-hmm. She calls him on it in in this particular stop. And she's like, well, who gave you this task? Like, the fucking Easter Bunny? Like, are you Pestilence the Conqueror or someone's errand boy? And he tells her to, you know, watch what she's saying. And we mm-hmm. get one of my favorite favorite bratty comebacks when she says why don't you make me and he does and it's tense but not nearly as sexy as i hoped because again like what you laid down it's really brutal here yeah. and like normally this would be like fraught with like make me is just full of sexual tension yeah. and here think i was it's like it's gonna be
1: like a sexy make me and it's yeah. It's a
0: real like she kicks him in the face after this, yeah. Which and he gags her, which
1: deservedly so. He I, des- which I, I, I met her kicking him in the face. Oh yeah, him, no, love him. that. But
0: I needed like I wanted yes. more of that. And and Sarah continues fighting him, but has this thought that I really liked, where she says, "Pride is a lonely soldier, seeing out his watch when there's no one else there to care." I thought fire training had burned it out of me, but nope. And as someone who does things out of spite, gets in too deep, and then won't back out, I am seen. Yeah, I. I I get that. And this brings us to Vancouver, which is the first major city that they've traveled to. And it's an absolute shit show. Yeah, it doesn't go well. They they ride which, into town. Yeah. They get obviously attacked. Uh, Sarah's trying to help all of the humans that she can while Pestilence
1: is out yeah, battling he like, it. Yeah, he drops her off the horse. Oh, he he like off, shoves she, her yeah, off they're the shooting, yeah. They're shooting at him. To, to be fair, I was team human, team humanity. Oh, yeah, for, team humanity for a lot of this. Where it's like Very you're learning a lot about pestilence, but I still was like, if that was me, I would be doing everything I fucking could to try to end this, dude, or just to do whatever I thought could possibly save the rest of the world. Oh
0: yeah, it it makes sense. of course, like of course, humans are going to fight back on this. They're not just going to take it, you know, no. and be like, oh, you know, you're, our time is up. You're right. So he's killing all these humans. Sarah's trying to save who she can or at least like assuage the pain of those people. And yeah. she kind of rallies some other, like there's some doctors and some other first responders and medical folks. Um, and I think it was important for Pestilence to see that too, that they weren't just humans willing to come out and fight him, but willing humans willing to come out and fight for each other. Mm-hmm. And-
1: yeah, because he's then, been just been so of the mindset that just like, yes, they like deserve he to only die. gets like, I'm not going to stop. They deserve to die. Like I'm here to bring plague and I'm nothing is going to stop it no matter who it is. Exactly. But then he gets hurt in the skirmish and now it's Sarah's turn. Yeah, they're riding over water and she finds out that he starts like slumping over. And- yes.
0: Um, and she gets him drunk for the first time. Cause he's gonna heal himself. Like, what else are you gonna do? And but she feels bad that he's in pain, uh, particularly after admitting that he doesn't—he doesn't, he yeah, doesn't actually did. like hurting people. So uh, she makes him some mortal food, and we learn about his brothers. The other horsemen are asleep until they get called to fulfill their purpose, and they do. He kind of like goes into how they like sleep sleep between rounds because there is a chance that humanity could redeem itself. Hint. Mm-hmm. hint. So they're released kind of in waves.
1: Yeah, I said my note is there was a chance humanity could redeem itself but they fucked it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah. And then he makes also sense. he also does Well, before this he had also um she went to take a bath and he just came in. Oh yeah. And then they they drank together. Yep. And then uh but he admits that he likes her. Oh yeah, Drunk Pestilence is real
0: into Sarah and mad about it which, it, which yes, I love to love. see. You love that's your
1: thing. And he's is so fun.
0: vocal where he's like, "Oh, look at her" and then just frown. And I love... I think though that's the part She's that's gr- like naturally just funny. like a <laughs> grumpy cat. Yes. So I I love to see them pine and suffer. Suffering is for the living and it's also for me. <laughs> so, and Sarah's pretty drunk too and then pays for it the next day in well,
1: spades. Well, also they get like kind of close together, physically, oh yeah, and then he's going in for the kiss, and she's like, "Ooh, I know it's wrong, but I want it," and then kind of snaps out of it and ends things because she says, "Please, so, yeah." Right? She she throws in his trigger her trigger phrase of please, yes, and she's she regrets it, but. And then she regrets it even more because she's hungover the next day. Like,
0: super hungover. She she yeah. leans over Trixie to throw up and accidentally falls into the what? Like, they're crossing over, like, a bay. Yeah. And he pestilence, fucking drama queen that he is, thinks Such she's trying to queen. kill herself because he doesn't know what hangovers are. And he gets so mad at her He's that he kisses mad. her. After vomiting, you know it's, you know. I'm so
1: glad you brought this <laughs> up because my note is literally, he, <laughs> like, <laughs> My nose, he rescues her, but is mad because he thinks she tried to kill herself. Then he kisses her puke mouth. (laughs) And it was all I could think. Like, I was like, puke mouth, puke mouth. I would be so self-conscious. But this
0: is the beginning of the end for him. And Sarah, too, I guess. But kissing is a slippery slope into total mortal depravity. And folks, you know that's what we're
1: here for. I also did appreciate that he, like... The kisses she describes it as being really intense, but he she can tell he doesn't know what he's doing. Yes. She kinda has to take the lead. Um and then she's trying to insist, like, I wasn't trying to kill myself. And then he said to her, Don't defy me, Sarah. And all I could think immediately was the Goblin King from Labyrinth, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's almost like if not Jer- exactly Jared what Jared look. says. Yeah.
0: Don't defy me. (laughs) So now that we're getting into more of the romance, can I just say this book was like being edged for 350 pages and I don't know if I'm into it or if it was slow torture because, like, now they're finally kissing, and then th- then later they're kissing around a campfire and discussing God and they rubbing sexy, fronts. I
1: said they have a sexy staring contest across yeah, the fire. Yeah,
0: but then they're, like, leaping away a moment later, and I'm like, you're getting so close, and then you back off. And I swear, it's like, it's fucking being edged in a book just for 350
1: pages. And so I, I th- think the point of edging is to eventually get off. Like it's to build to a stronger orgasm. Or I have strong, oh. strong feelings about what we
0: built to. Yes. In this. I, and, and, and that makes I sense. I also have you're, strong feelings about what we built to. And, and it does, like what you're saying, 100% accurate. And it makes sense that their hearts and minds are at odds, or their bodies and their minds are at odds. And Because Pestilence even says at one point, like love, affection, compassion, these are the few redeeming qualities your kind has. And now I'm being tempted by them and it's breaking me in two. And I get that, but it's also like, oh, it was very frustrating. And, it was and purposefully, so, I, I guess. But yeah, like, I was like, God damn, just give me more. Stop, just touch
1: mouths some more. Yeah, do, they do like anything. They, they have another sexy staring contest, and then they make out again. But it's more gentle this time, and he's not just so like intensely. Like, oh my god, I almost lost you. Yes. And then he takes her to the tent, and they're making out again. And it's heating up, but then he ruins the moment. By asking her if this is love. Oh, yeah. And she just goes, nope, nope. it's lust. Yeah. And then he leaves, and he, like, kind of has a little um, horseman hissy fit. Oh, and God leaves, constantly. But then eventually comes back, and they spoon. And, he, and then he, <clears throat> when they're falling asleep, he tells her that it's not lust he feels about it, and, it like, it scares him. Yes.
0: And he gets scared even more when they stop at another house, and the owner of that home tries to murder Sarah. Uh, and it becomes even more clear to him that he isn't just keeping her around to make her suffer anymore. He he admits around this time that he felt divine intervention to spare her. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's the full reveal comes later. But the the full summary is basically he as he was walking up to her tent after he'd regenerated after she burned him. The angelic for, symbol for mercy appeared in the shadows uh, on Sarah's tent, and. Like, it, at he, the beginning, the, ten, yes. the very beginning after so, she um, toasted him alive. Yes. So, he went after her to exact his revenge, but then he saw mercy and then was moved to spare her. And he felt that that was God saying, chill, like, this is this is where you learn something, mm-hmm. too. And then, so, it, like, a really beautiful reveal for him, too. And the part that I really liked about the book was that it just wasn't about... Humans coming to know like the divine, but it was divine coming to know humanity and like what that would mean for the two of them.
1: Yeah. And I, I liked also that she wasn't immediately just being like, okay, I'm growing attached to him. So, like, no, she felt like, humanity whole, and she is really uncomfortable, but with people seeing her as being in league with pestilence and yeah. things like that, like, she's it doesn't, she doesn't feel comfortable with it. It bothers her because she still doesn't want to see you. She wants to save humanity. Yes. She doesn't, he doesn't, she she constantly is kind of like, please spare this person or that. Oh God.
0: Like she's, she's always asking for his mercy Mm -hmm. and he's never giving it. And even when the the next couple that they stop in on are this older couple, and they're the first humans to welcome him and to be like, we knew, like when you're coming, let's make, make, what we can of the time that we have. And they yeah. have a conversation. Well, also
1: before this, they also did, there was a moment where they like stop at like a hoarder house. Mm-hmm. And there's like moments where like things were heating up. And I was like, all I could think was, this is a hoarder house. Like it was taking me out of it. <laughs> no, I was like, keep going. <laughs> but the next, the next. uh But he did. And that's also, he admits like while they're in the hoarder house and they're lingering. And then he shades America really hard, which I got a little like. And I'm proud to be an Oh, I American. laughed. And he was like, "They're mean there, and they have more guns." Yeah, so I was like, "I was like, eh, I, yeah, yeah." <laughs> but I was also like, the irony of then they like meet the nicest people in the entire fucking book. So oh, I was yeah. Like, suck it, pestilence. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, the,
0: and that is—it's so beautiful. The Older couple. I mean, it's really like the older folks are welcoming death and saying, like, you know, yes. we've we've had this much time together, and and it's so good that he meets other good humans that aren't Sarah. And they still die. But he helps care for them for the first time, and he feels lost for the first time. And then ruins a perfectly good path.
1: Yeah. I Well, I also said, like, when – because when he watches Rob and Ruth die, because he really, like, bonds with them. He stayed – they welcome them. They share dinner Mm -hmm. with them. They're friendly. They kind of treat them, like, almost like our new couple friends. Yeah. And he – Sarah goes to bed, and she wakes up, and he's still up, like, talking and getting to know – uh, Rob and Ruth and stuff like that, and sees that they really have this beautiful love and and stuff like that. So, I, like he when he watches Rob and Ruth die, and he's really struck by their love for each other. Yes, I had put like I really liked that chapter in particular. Yeah, and that the book when the book is like that, it's at its best. It's because so that good. chapter is so, like it's such a beautiful and really moving chapter, and he's really upset by their death. Like, so first he, like, had watched, like, bo- he was watching both of them die, and Rob dies first, and Ruth is still dying, and she tells Pestilence that she forgives him, and he starts, this is when he's like, oh, I feel what it's like to be human. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was just so really beautiful to me. Yeah. But then, like, right after when you're having, like, these really powerful moments, you have this quote, which is, you're going to be okay. You walk in the light, Ruth says. Like the straight baller she is. I mean, holy shit. This woman is on her deathbed and she's comfortable or she's comforting the dude that put her there. If that's not savage, I don't know what is. No,
0: that was handled with like grace and and like that it, oh, it pulls you out of it. it t- and I know that Sarah's young, but like we don't have to illustrate someone being young with being like unbearably – like, I know I use a lot of slang and I, I swear a lot and things like that. But you're, when you're writing characters like this, they don't have to be so on the money internet speak all of the time. Like, you yes. still can
1: get a sense of youth from other. It's Especially because Sarah describes herself as feeling like someone who, even though she's young, she feels much older than she is because of the things yes, that she lived, she lived through. through. Yeah, so I had said, like, that quote is a prime example of what... I don't like about this book mm-hmm. because I was like, I absolutely hated that entire thing. It ruins this beautiful moment and completely undermines the gravity of what we just learned and what Pestilence is just experiencing. Like yes. he's finally experiencing grief and loss and these powerful human emotions that he never has before. And then this. Like uh, it just made me so and it, mad. It makes sense that these moments would be what draw them together
0: because they have more commonality now that he's experiencing those things and she's seeing how he he is has to do this this task, like he has to fulfill this purpose. Mm-hmm. But that it's it's weighing on him, and it, I think it gives her more permission to feel the things she feels for him. When she sees that it, he's not just this like stoic angel who's wandering the earth killing people with no remorse, like yeah,
1: the, the he actually right, doesn't. I, I enjoy, didn't like that either. Yeah. It was just, it yeah. was rough. But yeah, because it's, it's you're learning that he doesn't actually enjoy killing, and yeah, and then Ruth tells her before she dies to show him that humanity is worth saving, because um, he's mostly seen it at its worst, and it's only now seeing. Through it like it being good through yes. her. And I see, like I was like, these things are so good. And then that just ruins it. But then um Pestilence buries Robin Ruth himself, um, which I thought was very moving.
0: Yes. It was a good move like a good moment
1: for him. Yes. And then they share a bath, but <laughs> He ruins this he too. He ruins it because this is the prime example of why people are like, baths are gross, because he gets in with his dirty ass, muddy body, yeah, and immediately she's like, the water turned brown, and then they just linger in there, and it was all I could think about the whole time when they're having this tender moment, all I could think was, you're in dirty bath water, you're in dirty bath water, ew, ew, ew. Oh, because
0: because they start kissing again, and you think like, yeah, ooh, like, it's stro- going to get sexy. Yeah, he's stroking
1: her leg, asking her how like couples get together, and- yeah. Well, and then she says, "Please." Oh, the, yeah. Then there's and another. And stops and yeah. tracks. And there was another quote I hated too. He's reminding me that it's a lonely world, and his home, and this home girl hasn't gotten any in a long time. It's, it takes you out of it. It was
0: just fine yeah. without. This, like this, this, this great, needed like
1: a couple rounds of editing, and it, it would have been so good. Because this was like this great moment of buildup, and then oh, here's this like just internet speak yeah it
0: doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't need it it's so it's We don't need a tacky you don't the need way like, it, a
1: tacky line about how you haven't got like you haven't yes. gotten any it's the apocalypse we're not surprised you haven't gotten any you can you can talk about feeling like
0: loneliness and and mm-hmm. other things in a more mature way that would still speak to of course you're physically attracted to this man We've all seen the cover of the book. He's hot as fuck. Yeah, and then like, we keep- get it. But but approach it from the serious place where you're lonely and, and these, like, relationships can be transactional because you don't know how much time people have and, like, you don't me- necessarily have deep connections with as many people. Any of those things would be better than just
1: no one's touched my kitty in a minute. Yeah, like, I, I agree. It would just work so much better, and it would keep you – in the moment. So I think just it's not so much the sentiment that I was bothered by, but it was just the, the execution oh, of the yeah. sentiment, like yeah. how it was phrased. But then um she kisses him and puts her hand on her on, on her the she kisses him, then puts his hands on her boobs and he sucks her nipple a bit and then she pulls back and they cuddle. Yeah, another another edgy edging moment. Edging,
0: edging. And the feeling of loss of friends is not enough for Pestilence yet because he starts riding ahead to prevent Sarah from getting hurt on trips into more populated areas. Mm -hmm. So by the time he comes back for her and they ride ahead again, everyone is too sick to fight. And they stop for another night in an abandoned home. And finally, finally, it happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Pestilence doesn't understand enough about humans. Even yet, because he just tosses his dick right into Sarah. No foreplay, no oh. warm-up. He just sticks it in. And I was so mad at him
1: and so mad at Sarah because she was teaching him. You like, know I was fired up. Uh, I, put, I, my know is, I know this dude is basically like the virgin of all virgins, but I just had to read over 250 pages to get to no foreplay sex. Really, queen, and then also he said at one point he says, "This is," or one of them says, "This is the place where pain and pleasure meet." And I said, "Yeah, that's what happens when there's no foreplay, so you're definitely not lubed up enough, right?" Like,
0: and can we just stop the myth that women get off from penetration alone? Because according to the Mayo Clinic, and yes, I wanted science behind me on this. one. I'm so one, glad so I support this so much. Most women will not hit the O without something else involved. And Sarah, girlfriend. Teach him the right way. Sure, yeah. Like, sure, he can stick that big old dick in you, but, like, show him how to touch you, too. Yes. It's not just it's not just your dick. It's other
1: things. And he's just, oh like, uh, going in there. Also, um, she describes it as his thick girth, which I found completely vomit-inducing. <laughs> um, and then he says, like, to her at one point, he's like, Sarah, I am... I am in you, a part of you. And I laughed so hard. I know I wasn't supposed to laugh at that, but it was really fucking funny. And I also, I think this might have just been a me thing, but I had to go back and reread parts of this at least like two or three times because I was really confused about what position they were in. Oh, it was missionary. I was like, at one point I was like, are they standing up? And I was so confused, but I guess they were just sitting on the floor and then he laid her down. Yeah. But yeah, but I was like of course it's fucking missionary. And, no, it's no foreplay missionary sex.
0: And and he says because this is his first time, this is suffering, exquisite suffering, and like I want to love this moment, but I just can't because also also she says good. she feels his thought his cock thicken as he comes <laughs> and I'm just like I am not sure that happens. And listen, if someone out someone out there with a dick is listening, can you please tell me if you would describe it that way or not? Because in my experience, that's not a thing. So yeah, like
1: how much cum do you think is coming out that it's, it's just it like bowls it's, like like,
0: yeah, <laughs> it's like a backed up hose, like what? Ugh. Oh god. But but back to the sex. Yeah. And then I was like, <laughs> of
1: course the virgin is really making her come from just penetration and no <sighs> foreplay. Sure, I just, Jan.
0: I know it's magical, but it's not that magical. Not that magical. I and don't think course, his dick is
1: magical. Course, they don't describe his dick as magical. He's just got the... like the. It's just big. Yeah, because they always are. He's hung like a
0: horseman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and of course, Pestilence can't just have a fling. He's literally hauling Sarah's ass to a wedding chapel the following morning and then gets super offended when she's like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Like like Georgie on Ice Planet, she was just trying to see what that dick do, not land a husband. Yes. And pestilence is a real piece of work here because not only is he mad that she won't marry his grumpy ass that's ending the world, but then he gets even angrier when he finds out she's had sex with other people and shames her for it. And I was over this man in this
1: moment. Oh yeah. He also says the phrase, I gave you my essence. It's just typical. Uh, uh, so, like it's a gift. The essence. Like fucking dark crystal. Yeah. <laughs> the essence. But he, the essence. And he tries telling Sorry. her like.
0: I'm he, going
1: on a skexy tangent <laughs> right now. Um. But he
0: tries telling her she can't fuck whoever oh, yeah. she wants. And it's just that real alpha bro energy.
1: She should have just shoved him off his stupid horse. But, yeah. And I had said, why are you telling her that she can't be with anyone else? You've kidnapped her and you're slowly murdering the entire human population (laughs) who else is she gonna fuck right and you're around all the time that's true she can't pee by herself right (laughs) yeah like when's she gonna have time off for quickie before you arrow her down again like get Uh, over it get over yourself the whole
0: argument is resolved, though, when they ride into another town and someone shoots, his off his, shoots him off his horse. And then Sarah is saved by the town folks. But she turns on them pretty much immediately and then exhumes pestilence from this makeshift grave, breaks into an abandoned house, and proceeds to weep over
1: his bullet-riddled body. Can I bring up something yes. that I have noted here? That question... Because I noticed, I think I kind of noticed it before, but this chapter it really stood out to me, that sometimes, or they'll bring the horse into the house. And I said, how is the horse just fitting inside all of these homes?
0: I think they're all kind of like dilapidated. So I just assume like, like sometimes the horse is in the garage or like sometimes, like we could fit a horse in this room, I think.
1: But yeah, you'd have to, but think of all the other rooms. Like I feel like yours has enough space, but I don't know if you could curve the horse down the stairs to get down here. I don't like know. Like, this room he could fit in.
0: Equestrians, help us. things. How like, do you get a horse in a house? I feel like some of the home setups, I'm like, I don't think the horse would really fit comfortably. You could get a horse through a front door, and it maybe like, chill in a living room if yeah. there's enough ground space. But if
1: there's, like, stuff that it's, like, just, like, a tight hallway
0: or things like
1: that. Sometimes
0: Trixie just, like, fucks off into the woods, though.
1: It's true. But I just thought that was, I was like, that's weird. Yep, it is weird. Also weird. Uh, it's a horse that can't die. Just leave it outside. <laughs> well, Poor
0: I'll- also weird uh when pestilence wakes up and they have makeup sex he gives her a single fucking kiss on her vagina just
1: one kiss what the fuck also right what the fuck right before this because she basically when she drags his body in the house this was where i have a note that says so before this for most of the book i was pretty like meh like there were things i really enjoyed yeah and then other things i didn't really enjoy but this at one point while i was reading i said i think i've turned a corner and i actually hate this book (laughs) i feel like i'm being gaslit by this book by telling me that all of humanity has just like bullied pestilence so who's literally sent down to fucking murder all of humanity and i was like is this religious propaganda like what the fuck and he's like, she's no longer his prisoner. Yeah, and I was like, I really need this bitch to stop quoting Poe. And then <laughs> everything was too much. And, at the, this yeah, and point. then they were yeah. like, oh, maybe we'll have a baby. And
0: well, so, so he, so he kisses her. He kisses her. Kitty, just once. Just once. And and then I was reading, and he was described as moving back up her body. And I was like, no, you're going the wrong direction. Turn around. But he doesn't. He just sheathes himself to the hilt in her unloved vagina. Her unloved vagina. Oh, you know this part fucking killed me. Oh, I I was like Kelsey's trigger phrase. They've used it a lot. They have a mid-coitus conversation about lovemaking. And I tried... I tried to be patient with this book. I'm I'm not a monster. I swear. I can read tender, sexy moments, and I can appreciate that not everything in this world is made to my exact specifications. I just hate that phrase so fucking much, and they used it so often. Just teach him any other euphemism. Any of the, I would rather listen to him say, Judd Nelson's. Did you give him the hot beef injection?
1: Ugh. Like. I I don't know if I would I don't I, I don't feel that strongly about it. It's not my favorite. I don't love it. I love the Make Love though. is not uh it's not for me. I I, I not just the hate way, it. But so I much. but I can deal with it above some other things. Also Sarah at one point calls it bumping uglies, which I'd ra- I'd rather make love than bumping uglies. Oh, I'd rather bumping
0: uglies.
1: Ew. <laughs> Related to the boning though, they they do
0: like you said they have the conversation about unprotected sex and the possibility of having kids. So points there for, you know, realistically addressing that and sarah's just like how are you gonna murder all of the mortals on this planet and then father one at the same time yeah and then they fight some more about it and have some off-page sex but it's it's an important conversation and it it's like pestilence needs to hear the hypocrisy and because he's like oh it would thrill me to have a child but how? Like, there's no guarantee. It's half mortal, half yeah. force of nature. Like, how do you know it's not going to be immortal? You going to kill him too? Like, what's your plan, big guy? But I just, I guess they needed the off-page sex pick-me-up. Because the following day, everything just goes from bad to worse. And they get bombed by a gang. Sarah gets pumped full of
1: buckshot and... And Pestilence gets set on fire again, which. But they also crucify him. Oh, yeah. It, oh, it's fucking bad. Everyone they has a really him, bad day. Shoot him and light him on fire. Or, no, they, they crucify him, shoot Sarah, and light him on fire. It is it is bad times at the El Royale. Yeah. And uh,
0: Pestilence does get them out of there and just races Sarah to a hospital and is bullying these doctors into treating her. And I loved loved the fire and there's one doctor there and Pestilence is demanding that she heal Sarah because he loves her Mm -hmm. and Sarah overhears this and her like she's like fading in out of consciousness and the doctor says
1: then I hope it hurts to watch her die I (laughs) I fucking savage it is and I said this is the kind of spiteful I would be yeah I hope I would not be like you're gonna come here
0: and kill all of us and then complain when you're one human that you've picked out of the lot is it no, and Sarah does die, uh, and she gets to meet Big Brother Death. Ooh, baby, you know I love a boy with wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was
1: I was intrigued, but <laughs> he's so sad. He's I, so I, fucking sad. I, I feel like of the uh, four of the four horsemen,
0: Death would be the most intriguing to me. He was very interesting. I I did really enjoy his book. Um, it was my second favorite. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but he's, so he meets her to take her soul onward, but is intrigued enough that his brother has fallen for a mortal, that he sends her soul back to her body just to see what happens. He wants the hot tea like we do. Yeah, Death also lives for drama. Death is a messy bitch who loves drama. Yes. And we support it. Absolutely. So Sarah wakes up in the hospital and she she remembers the conversation with the doctor and knows that Pestilence loves her and thinks maybe that this... This will be his turning point, but she's still real weak from the gunshots, and Pestilence has to, like, fight off infection in her body. So they hole up, and I think it's a mansion,
1: right? But also, like, he in the hospital, like, he's made this nice, like, bed for her that's attached to the horse to get her out of there. Yes. But then she finds out that he has basically... Revenge, like done a revenge killing of the whole entire hospital full of people. Yep. because some of them didn't want to help him, help her. Why would? So they? I was like, oh yeah, I was like, oh because a whole a hospital full of people you revenge killing whole hospital full of people because you didn't want to help the girl. They didn't want to help the girlfriend of the man slaughtering all of humanity. And I said again, finding it hard to sympathize with this dude. It's yeah. a terrible task he's been assigned, but. When has he shown humanity any kindness or compassion aside from the one woman that he wanted to bone? Yes. So, like, at least
0: make it quick. Don't make it this drawn out, gruesome death. Yes,
1: but I like that Sarah is like rightfully really bothered by it and like realize, and then she has this realization of his love for her might more like is more likely to end humanity faster than actually save it, which I thought was really interesting. So, this was. I feel like there were moments where I was like. I thought I turned a corner. I was like, oh, no, I think I fucking hate this. And then I was like, okay, it came back in where there still were yes. like – I was like, oh, there were moments where I was like, this is interesting. Yeah. I like this. But then she does – they get to the house with the horse and buggy, and then she kind of is over it. Well, she's well, she has to be there for weeks because
0: she's had like a really serious injury, mm-hmm. and she's bored, and, and he finally,
1: finally goes down on her in earnest finally. before fucking her like a good boy. And – Although I did put one of the weird quotes that I didn't understand with while he was doing she says something um I put I also put finally some goddamn foreplay yes and then this threw me where she I was like is she really referring to him going down on her as him being so dirty yes like Come Sarah on. Has a very, I have some comments about this, this later. This maybe makes sense for why she thinks just straight penetration and no foreplay is the way to go. But she also then says the pupil is definitely surpassing the master. And I was just like, how does this quote even remotely make sense in I, this context? I don't want to like, judge. Like, no one is teaching him How to do this? He's just doing it. Yeah. So who is there to surpass? But that was a very nitpicky thing, and you know I love a nitpicky critique. No, but you're. I don't want to judge. Like if if you are
0: only into like vanilla, like missionary sex, that's cool. That's for like. I don't want to judge you for that. But she's she seems to think she's being like really wild with it, and I'm like, ooh, maybe
1: chill. Like you're just you're just doing the thing. Yeah, like Like you're you're doing like the first thing that everyone does. You're on like level one. Yeah. There's there's a whole there's so many levels out there. It gets so like if you think that's dirty, you don't even want to know what we've read. You don't even want to know. You're not I, ready for Den of vipers, girl. I, but, yeah, I I'll, I'll get to that but later. Is, but but the, who is? And then I also didn't love the fact that when it's referred to as him pistoning into her, I just feel like that phrase never sounds pleasurable. It's like jackhammer mode. Like yeah, like, who's enjoying? It just that? Seems <laughs> painful. Yeah. I I do love here, though,
0: post-sexy stuff, that this love and her healing make force the interesting twist that we get where instead of her love making him strong enough to give up his task, it makes him weak and fearful of losing her. Mm -hmm. And so he went at it even harder. So you think he's resolved – to give up, he says something you like after the they have sex. revenge
1: killing was enough. Yeah,
0: yeah. and you think like he's going to give it up? Then he locks Sarah in the house and spreads messianic fever everywhere. And she, there's a really great quote where she says, "Pestilence did change, just not for the better." And he says, "I'm doing this to avenge you." And she says, "I never asked for your vengeance. I asked for your mercy," and I. Love. I. I don't know if this is where you came back around and we're like, all right, I'm cool with this. But this, I loved this yes, for him I, that we didn't get the straightforward like, oh, we fall in love and that's what makes me a good person. He falls in love and makes bad choices after that. Yes, I, because he loves her so much because he's terrified of losing because she's mortal.
1: Yeah, this so, did bring me back around and like that she's really like she doesn't want it because she finds out on the there's a news report and all of a sudden. Like she's hearing that there's new fever everywhere and she says to him like, what did you do? And he responds with my purpose. Yep. And she's like really upset about it where she doesn't want to believe that he did this. And not only did he do it, but that he planned it and Mm -hmm. he could have done this the whole time. He could have just spread and said he's been marching around and... Like he's always had this kind of reach, but never used it and that her love has pushed him to use that that really, yes, fucks with her. And she's like t- she tells him, undo this, undo this. And he tells her no. She tells him that she loves him and admits and admits that her showing him love doomed to humanity. And what was, like, done to her spurred him on, and he's, like, officially ending the world, and he wants her to stay with him, and she'll see it through, and she's just she completely fucking disgusted and walks away from him, which I did really like, and then she tries to leave, and he tries to stop her. He
0: boards her up in the master bedroom. Yeah. He's having a hissy fit. It's a horseman hissy fit. Yes. Before, he does eventually come back to his senses and lets her go. He's like, I can't, I surrender, I can't do this anymore. And she... Yeah, bless her. Day, like he fucking he leaves. locks
1: her up. I think for five fucking days. Oh yeah. I one of this was one of my notes in here because my I I said uh I actually don't hate this chapter contrary to what my laissez faire um notes would suggest. <laughs> but and then yeah, because she tells him that love isn't enough. Yes, and I, then I like love he goes to leave and he's still like he isn't having having. He picks her up and after he locks her in the bedroom and he boards up the windows and doors. So she can't get out. She's like in the dark. He keeps her locked up for a fucking week. And then he comes to her and he says, I surrender yes. and lets her go. But he's like not going to kill her. And like it breaks her heart, but she leaves
0: him. Uh, and bless her for leaving. Again, yes. you have a character who is it has a lot of softness, but is strong enough to be like, fuck you, I'm gone. And I love that. And she makes this long journey back home. And then as she travels, she starts to run into more and more people who are alive. And so, and by the time she gets home – Well, I think from, first
1: she comes – it's like weeks later, she's in like a convenience store or, some, or runs into yes. someone – and that's where she first hears the news that Pestilence is gone, and all the sick people that had had this new round yes. of, like, the messianic flu have recovered. My it's said, dude couldn't have just done this shit when she asked or told her what he'd done, and she'd still want to be with you, and...
0: Or well, do you could have
1: just stopped it. He does address did like, it. but I did like the angst. I did that, too. This is that was the best
0: part of the book was the angst. So yeah, So by she the time home,
1: she's reunited with but family, he's in coworkers, the wind and
0: she's like, oh, it's over. It it just it is very angst, but she's like so alone. Even though she's back among people, she's like, you know, yeah, and I'm
1: missing something. Yeah, I do find it weird that at one point they had said like, oh, like he saved, like she's like, oh, he saved our lives, and I was like. Saved our lives or just decided to stop killing us. Just stop. Potato, potato, I
0: guess. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so she kind of settles back into her old life until one day Pestilence and Trixie just turn up at her door. And he finally admits, he's like, you know, my head and my heart were at odds and I wasn't confident I was going to stay with this choice. So I let you go, but I followed you home.
1: Yeah, I've been stalking
0: you the whole time. I've been stalking you. In a romantic way. Yes, sweet stalking. And they make up by having cute vanilla sex in the apartment. And again, I would like to qualify. There's nothing wrong with that. But Sarah refers to herself as a dirty freak in this moment. And I'm like, girl, he doesn't even go down on you regularly. Like, I'm not sure that this is freaky. I just yeah. finished a book she, that oh. concluded with magical pegging and another one where the female main character is a serial killer and is fucking her hot professor. <laughs> and I can't stop thinking about it because it's, oh my God, it's so kinky. Like, it's so good. Uh Focus, Kelsey. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just so good. And I just, we just have different definitions of filth. That's all it is. Yes. That's it. But, yeah, but anyway.
1: But, uh, but can I say, I was like, I want to read the full quote of please this. Please do. Please. Because, please like I said before, share with us. there are parts of this book that I just fucking hate. And this is one of them. Okay. Okay. It was, I'd like to say that I didn't drag Pestilence's inhuman ass back to my bedroom and sully the shit out of my sheets like the dirty freak I am <sighs> with your lame-ass, penetration-only missionary sex. The sex scenes in this book are the worst. It's actually my least favorite part S- of the book. Same. I. But she literally refers to him just, like, sucking her tits a bit as foreplay Like
0: want better for yourself. The
1: cliff is mentioned one time in this book. Yeah, one time the entire fucking book when he goes down on her one time.
0: It's uh, and it's missionary sex
1: every time. And and, not impressed.
0: No. Anyway, they bone. It's all pretty basic. They say they love each other. He gives her a wedding ring made out of his crown and armor.
1: Yeah, I said I'm so unimpressed by this mediocre
0: sex that I don't care. And then five years later, they're sitting at home enjoying some domestic bliss with their children, and he feels his brother, War, wake up, which I do
1: think is a great way to end this book. It is. The War is Coming was exciting. Yes. but so I was like, you know what would have been actually romantic for this book? Sex that was actually believably good for women. Yes. Propose while, you know,
0: giving her... I want you to pop her back like bubble wrap, not like... (laughs) What, uh, not like the, yeah, it's just, it was just like the first one being so basic, fine. We do understand he is, he is like an eons old virgin, but. I, eons I, old, the,
1: I, as I said, the virgin of all virgins. Yes.
0: And, in yeah, but that's it. That's, that's, and I do think that there is a lot to like here. Like we, we talked about a lot of the, the tone that it's, when it's serious, the, the book is really well written, pestilence being a force of nature more than a man and just given a physical form to complete his task. And and it's the same for the rest of the horsemen. And I think the take on religion here was also really interesting because there's a quote that's like, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Buddhist, they're all wrong and they're all right. It's not the details that are important. It's the overall message. So I like that this book-
1: I feel like that's kind of like dogma. Yeah, it's like- the same kind of idea from that, from dogma?
0: it wasn't, even though we're using like Christian figures- it wasn't saying, oh, this religion is right and all of the others are wrong. It's just more about the planet and the universe and, mm-hmm. like, the manifestation of these powers. The The delivery just got clunky in some areas because it was trying to be more comedic than I really think it needed to be.
1: Yeah, I think I could have done away with all, like, the blatant. But, Comedy and like slapstick kind of. But the angst goofy. the
0: angst was delicious. Yeah, it
1: worked really and, oh, well.
0: And Sarah trying to crack jokes in the
1: middle of that was just so jarring. Yeah, it just takes just, you right out of the story, especially like and there'd be moments where you're just like getting so into it and you're so absorbed and so like almost moved by certain things. And then that would happen, and you'd be like, well, that kind of just ruined it for me. It, just exactly. Took me right out. Like,
0: let us writhe in the suffering and the pining, and the, is this wrong of me yeah. feeling? Which that's what I want from
1: when I think about a romance with the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. I want it to be angsty. I don't yes. want it to be like fun and funny and goofy and just like a rip roaring good time. <laughs> like, I want it to be humanity was made for suffering. Yes. And and I like that this isn't just
0: 100% a story of humans proving that they're redeemable. It's of divine entities coming to know humanity through a human guide and learning something that they previously didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So pestilence didn't understand mercy. And spoilers, but each of the horsemen go on a journey like this. And it's as much about them changing as about humans and their reckoning with the way that they've treated universe
1: yeah it's it is a very unique and interesting take i just felt like yes yeah for so, me it wasn't as effective as it could have been like the the total it wasn't the total package it just had like good p pe- i feel like the pieces were there but in the end like the whole thing didn't come together perfectly for me i i am with you
0: on that um and the spice uh, the Oh, the, spice, the spice wasn't for me. I I'm mean,
1: giving it half a pepper, and that's like me being nice about it. I gave it, like, in terms of what I would technically
0: consider spicy, I gave it two because it was more than just like there was more than one scene. So maybe there, I'll give w- it there one was, like, because it exists. But yeah, but it's <laughs> not give like it a pepper. It, did I like it? No, not really because it left out, I think, some fundamental elements of like. Like, the lack of emphasis on Sarah's pleasure was one thing, but, like, Pestilence is as old as the universe, and he might not have done it before, but he knows about you've, it. What,
1: you've literally, at one point, he talks about he's seen humanity from, like, the beginning.
0: That's, I mean, you don't have to, like, truss her up or anything, but, like, I would have loved some variety there. Yeah. So, Let all her things. her on top for once, or all just things, finger her. For real, just, like, give, I mean, for, for her, her to him, too, like, explore each other. You're so... So physically attracted to each other, like enjoy exploring each other's bodies, like that's
1: yeah, so you're play. establishing
0: that physical intimacy with each other, like so many things. Just run wild with it, friends. Like show us all of the things you would like
1: to right? explore. I don't with think each other. he even like touched her butt. Yeah, and I don't She's, even mean like putting a finger up there. Like I don't think he even like <laughs> touched the cheek. We're not asking for much. you didn't like cop a feel. Yeah, except for her boobs a little bit.
0: So all things considered, I gave it two and a half stars. So right in the middle on on the overall. And two peppers on the spice, and and I was obviously invested enough in the overarching lore <laughs> that I went in and I read the rest of the series.
1: Even if Kel, even if you weren't, you still would have probably read the series.
0: Yeah, I, probably. But famine, famine was my horseman. Death, close second. Wings and all. Good but, to know. But this one, I, pestilence was my least favorite. It's it's definitely yeah. So this one, this one was my least favorite of the four, and not to say that I hated it or anything, just that it was kind of like eh. You know, it was fine. Yeah. But my friend Sam is reading a... Hi, Sam. Um, Hi, Sam. (laughs) She is reading another Four Horsemen series. Wild that there's more than one series about fucking the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. But she is reading... Who knew? uh, Eternal Rider by Larissa... I think it's Ione. But...
1: I think I she is like it's I think
0: I'm gonna read that next because I do it, not next next, but like in the future, I would mm-hmm. like to read this other series and um, see how Sam always up. has good recommendations. So I think I'm gonna add that to the list because I did like this enough that I'm like, oh, I'm interested in pursuing That's this concept. particular concept. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> so what was your
1: overall on this? So I know that you were really excited because you were like, oh my god, we're gonna have super differing opinions. Uh, I gave it a two. Oh, so, okay. So not that
0: differing opinion. I caught you in that rut though, and you're yeah. like, I fucking hate yes. this like, book.
1: There was, like I said, I think I quoted, I was like, I think I've turned a corner and I just fucking hate this. Like yes. I, there was a, a chunk of it where I was just filled with rage and I hated everything. But then I came back around and I was like, okay, there's stuff that I'm enjoying again and there's stuff that I find interesting, but I felt like there was enough stuff that I didn't like that I couldn't be more middle ground about it yeah. I, I leaned a little bit more towards like okay I, I didn't really care for this it yeah. was o- overall I was like I feel like it was like okay um I didn't completely hate it but I I didn't love it I didn't really and I didn't super enjoy it. I felt like it was a, a little under middling for me
0: mine is I always think like is it as bad as Den of Vipers
1: oh that uh, no I,
0: then it, it gets at least one star and then I went it was actually is I was it, like, it did help me be nicer I think well then I went the next step up. Did I dislike it as much as I disliked Hooked? No. Okay, so it's at least halfway there. It's at a passable. It's at a middling. I can't this remember what fine. did I give Hooked. Did I think he gave it like give a, a one, one
1: star. <laughs> yeah. I did like this. I definitely liked this more than Hooked. So that was that was how I did the rating. Because I, I feel like there was almost nothing I liked about Hooked, um, if I'm remembering correctly. But this, uh, there were actually things I did enjoy, and there were like certain chunks that I did really like that that chapter where he's like watching them die and learning about yeah. what, like that I thought was that was probably my favorite one even though it's really fucking sad and depressing but that's
0: what made it's it's what made the story like meaningful but it's yes. I, I kind of was like hot water on some things and cold water on the others and by the end I was just like tepid that my yeah. entire take was tepid so
1: yeah I feel that but there were a few <sighs> things that I I was like I hate this well thank you for reading it
0: with me It was my pick, and so I always feel bad if I pick something that's like, ooh, that was not as good as I thought it would be. I wanted to read this, so I was... Yeah. Well, thank you all the same. Yeah. And is there anything about this book that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention? I
1: feel like we got it all.
0: Well... In that case, um, thank all of you for coming with us on this journey. It's you survived the apocalypse. You Congratulations! Did. Uh, or, we- uh,
1: or, if I could quote Buffy, "If the apocalypse comes, beep me."
0: <laughs> uh, we hope that you enjoyed this this trip um, into the not so distant future with us. I guess. Oh
1: God, who knows? Uh,
0: and if you're reading along with us, our next book will be Court of the Vampire Queen by Katie Robert. And this is a consolidation of the was it three novels in the yes. Bloodline Vampire series? Yep, three. And those are all still available on Kindle Unlimited, but one of the reasons that we picked this for spooky season was because it was just published in a consolidated volume called The Court of the Vampire Queen. And so I,
1: I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that actually the whole collected thing might also be on Kindle Unlimited. Oh, Amazing. Too.
0: Okay so but you know you, can you have buy a, a variety
1: of, of yeah. ways to read. If, if you, so you want to support Katie Robert, which I am always pro because I love her, again, my comfort spot, Um, you can buy a physical copy of the book.
0: And we will be back with that episode to discuss it on September 29th. So thank you for your love and support as always. We adore you. We just think the most of you. I can't believe you listened to us (laughs) and the shit that we talk about. Oh, my God. But... um, I guess we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And until then, read Read what what you you love love and and fuck fuck the rest.
1: If you enjoyed Shelf Pleasure, please feel free to bookmark us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, or like our page on Facebook at Shelf Pleasure Pod. For questions, concerns, or recommendations on future books,
0: please email us at shelfpleasurepod at gmail.com.